Welcome to Intern Whisperer Live, the show all about internships and how to survive them. This is Jerron. This is Isabella. And on this week's show, we're going to talk about the Department of Labor Wage and our division's seven criteria for unpaid internships. How does, impact employers, how does this impact employers and students? And a visit from Lake Highland Prep School entrepreneur classes last Wednesday's and UCF's The Exchange. It was a, a real mouth. Right it was a real <laughs> mouthful, right? <laughs> so tonight, this is just Jerron and myself on the show, and this is a uh, unique. So we're enjoying um, the special bonding time <laughs> because he's going to show me how to learn to use the equipment. So that's post show. Maybe we can do that a little bit later. I don't know. But anyway, I'm going to give some uh, shout outs for our socials. So you can find us on Facebook at Pivot Biz Consult. Intern Pursuit is also on Facebook. And you can find us on Twitter at Pivot Biz Consult and at Intern Pursuit. We cross-promote here because I create experiential compliant intern programs through Pivot, and then Intern Pursuit is the software that's going to be launching soon, people. Um, we also have our LinkedIn page, and you can find us under Pivot Biz Consult. And the same look, uh, you can listen to us on the MixLR.com Valencia College radio station. And you can watch us live on Facebook at Pivot Biz Consult. And the recorded version, Jerome, they can watch that on Interim Pursuit. Of course. Awesome. Okay. So maybe not live, but the recorded version, definitely. And but it's just as good. <laughs> is it, it is. Of course it is. Is, is that on our Facebook and YouTube? I think I'm putting it on both the recorded, right? Correct. It is on the Facebook it is on YouTube and it has to on the YouTube pivot page, and then we have to still move everything all over to the intern pursuit page. Very good. So we're we're gonna work on getting that done tonight also for all of our listeners. All right. So sponsor message. All right, sponsor number one. Starter Studio is an accelerator and col collaboration space located in downtown Orlando. Starter Studio provides programs and services that help these innovators to learn, grow, and fund their startups and bring an impact to our economic growth with high-wage jobs, advances in the use of technology, and innovation. A healthy, startup doesn't exist, a healthy startup community doesn't exist in a bubble. And Starter Studio is working to connect startups to a broader entrepreneurial ecosystem that will help them grow. You can find them at starterstudio.org. That's Thank you, Starter Studio. This is all a mouthful today for me. <laughs> I know. It is like a tongue twister. I, it's like uh, those little nursery rhymes that are she sells seashores. But, yeah. Yeah, shell, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's hard. It's just hard. Yeah. You come back from the weekend, you don't know what to expect. <laughs> that is right. And so we have to use our own um, voices to give our transition music, apparently, right? So yep. we're doing that. I don't know. Your turn to sing. I did Not it last sure. week. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't sing. I'll just do some like nice voice work. <laughs> that's that's fine. That's totally All right. Fine. Spotlight on the Department of Labor new guidelines. Isabella, founder and owner of Pivot Business Consulting and Intern Pursuit Software and Game. Okay, so we're going to be talking about these. Oh, did I mess something up? Oh, okay, little little just fun in the studios <laughs> for all of us. We're all learning today. <laughs> yeah, today for sure. So the Department of Labor, last year there used to be six criteria. And as of January, I think it was January 18th of this year, it got switched up to seven. And that sounds like it should be a lot more um, making people be way more compliant. And it sounds a little scary, I think, for employers to go from six to seven. It's like, oh, my goodness, now what am I going to have to do? However, the 
actual um, criteria have relaxed and they've made it a little bit easier for employers to have unpaid interns, but that doesn't mean that they're doing it the right way. So that's the biggest concern that's out there. Anyway, I'm gonna go ahead and actually read directly from some of this language and then we'll, we'll have some discussion about it. But the for-profit employers are really required to pay employees for their work. That's also interns and students. However, they may not be employees under this new guideline that just came out in January because they may not be required to have any compensation. So the test for an unpaid intern and student, this has been tested in the courts. Um, there were a lot of lawsuits like mm -hmm. with the Black Swan and um, I think it was ABC, I have to go back and look at my notes. Um, but that one of the channels, and I will make sure I'm actually saying this correctly because I don't certainly don't wanna cause any hubaloo. <laughs> um, anyway, so the primary beneficiary test is to determine who is benefiting from that intern being there? Is it the employer or the student? And that's the most important question because part of what I do when I work with an employer is I create a program that is benefiting the student, which is the right way to do it. So if I, as an employer, am bringing a student in and they're working for me and I'm making money off of the work that they're doing, mm -hmm. that means I'm not in compliance. So. If I'm bringing you in and I'm having you design graphic design, you know, logos and things like that, and somebody's paying me for it and I'm not paying you, that makes me not in compliance. However, if I make sure that I have a mentor there that can look at your work, because I'm treating you like a contractor. Do you see there's a bit of a difference? Yes, yes. Yeah, because I would just want to make sure that the puzzled look on your face is not because I'm not explaining Oh, this is just my listening to Focus, <laughs> yeah, focus, focus voice. Face. Got it, got it, focus face. So, wow, that's another tongue twister. Right, <laughs> Yeah, be real careful with that one. Anyway, the key question is, if I bring in a student that's doing that, and I have, I've brought in students before that are graphic designers, but their work is not of the same caliber as somebody that's been doing it for five years or even two years. You know, it could be five, ten years because they don't know how to manage their time. They don't always have the same kind of listening skills to make sure that what they're giving the client is what they're asking for the first time around. And that's usually how when um, an employer is bringing a student in to work, they've got to be able to mentor them in their time management and the quality of their work to help them be able to understand the industry and know how to get the information they need from the client or the other team members to turn that work around more quickly. That's the purpose of an internship, mm -hmm. is to be able to go, wow, I'm gonna make mistakes, and we do, we all do, but interns do it more, just because sometimes this is, the, well, usually it's their first real job. Oh, because we're all learning right here. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, I'd like tonight, <laughs> right? <laughs> so um, yeah. when you first started, or at least um, started understanding the, all these laws and everything yourself, mm -hmm. um, I know since your internship program is kind of based around, like you said, it's meant it, to like benefit the intern a lot. Right. So was there any mistakes that um, triggered that, or did you always have, have those ideas from the inception of the idea? For me, I did, because my background is in education, and I always approached it from an experiential aspect, and I knew that if I came from that, the, the core foundation of education, but also a blend of human resource, it's a very unique set of skills that one has to have to be able to create that. Not to say that I'm, I'm the only one, mm -hmm. but there aren't very many people that focus on that as much as what I have been doing. 
So I sit down and I have to understand what the employer is looking for. And then that I sit here and go, hmm, what kind of a student would be best fit that need? For example, many times um, employers think, oh, I want uh, a marketing student and I want them to help me with social media. And employers think, oh, because millennials and whatever, Gen X, whatever, Gen, you know, iGen, I, I think that's the other one, Gen Z, because that they're all on the phones a lot, that means that they know how to do it in business, and they don't. They won't know how you want it as the employer, how you want it done. They don't know what, you know, your content is. They won't know your industry. So there's some automatic strikes right off the bat. Yeah, they only know how they do it. Exactly. And even when they do it, they don't actually know what they're doing. They're just doing it. They aren't doing it for business purposes. <laughs> they're doing it just for, hey, friends, selfie, yeah. click, 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 like that, right? Oh, my gosh, we did not take our picture together tonight. Oh, uh, we're always, okay. we have time. We, we have time. time. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, so there's this place where I normally, when I'm talking with an employer, I see that they don't have processes and systems in place and training programs. So even still, when they're asking for a student to be able to put social content out, they have no plan. And I create that plan for them and set it up, and that's not what the student is doing. So I get paid to set up that program so the student is walking in, they know what pro programs they're going to use, they know that there's going to be some training behind it. Most employers don't even have an onboarding system, mm -hmm. small to medium-sized employers. And that means they're welcoming the student into the workplace. So these are all important aspects of bringing anybody into a business that aren't addressed, and that's really what this whole seven criteria is about. So we'll go back to this. Um, that, so we talked about the test. And the U.S. Department of Labor scrapped the um, Obama-era test that required the six criteria um, so that the, f the focus was to really try and help students uh, be paid. However, there's even paid internships, and students are doing work that's totally unrelated to what they may be asked to do mm. uh, you know, in the regular job. We'll go back to the social media, for example. So in social media... They could be paid, and they're going out to Starbucks to get the coffee. They get to sit in the meetings. They may not be able to do any of the real planning process to help create the social media. They may not be writing the content. And if they are writing the content, who's proofing it with them, making sure that the headline, the hashtags, the image, it's all coordinated and put into a branded package. Again, small to medium-sized employers, if that's not what they know how to do, then they don't have the guidance to or mentor the ability to mentor the student and the skills that they're really wanting to get and so that's critical so if I have a real estate agent mm -hmm. and what their industry is real estate that doesn't mean they know how to create a marketing campaign they should around that piece of property but it doesn't mean that they know how to create the hashtags and make you know they're taking the images I would yeah. assume they are in real estate but writing a, a really compelling headline and, and some messaging around that piece of property. And that's what they're expecting a student to do. But, uh, again, they have to mentor them. Yeah, you can't assume that anyone can just do mm -hmm. anything. No, no, you can't. So going back to this, it said that the big question is, uh, is how will this impact paid versus unpaid internships? So I've talked to a lot of students and employers where um, really big companies know how to do it right, whether it's Google or Ford, any of those companies, they have a program in place. And again, I focus on the small 
to medium-sized employers that don't either have an HR professional, don't have an internship program, a real structured one, certainly no training in place. And they're mo more of my client fit for me. And I help them create those processes that go in there. But the employers are accustomed to these 2010 standards where now students are being paid. And that's good. Students will get paid. And if you're choosing, gee, I need, or maybe it's because you have to get paid, right? You know, maybe you're working two or three jobs. Does this sound familiar, Jerome? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if you're getting, if you're being paid and you're coming into an internship, that's good. But it isn't always that there's, again, a real structured program in place. So it'd be great to have, get paid and have a real structured program. Again, not all employers do that. Well, um, when it came to your company, what do you think was the first step to actually create that program? For myself? Or what do you think is the best first step to take? Um, to, well, if, if I'm somebody that doesn't have my experience? Mm -hmm. Okay. So many times um, I've seen where employers go and they bring somebody in. And again, if there's no program in place, you better have at least a mentor that's in that subject area that the, you're asking the student to do the work, at least have somebody that's a mentor that can guide them through some of uh, what you're going to ask the student to do. That's at the least, at okay. the least. Yeah. So if I brought in a video production student, and I, again, I, this has actually happened where a real estate you know, person has been speaking with me, they go, oh, yeah, I can mentor them. I said, uh, no, I don't think you're understanding me correctly. I know you can mentor them in your industry. I get yeah. that. You're, you've got this down. However, can you mentor them in the technicalities of video production? Do you know how to do a script and a shot list? Do you know how to look at their work and see if it was actually framed correctly? Do you have the equipment that is supposed to be used to create your videos. They go, no, I don't have that. And I said, well, then... You can't be a mentor. Yeah, <laughs> you can't be a mentor to them. You know, you're the client, but you're not the mentor. And they go, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. So that's part of it. But these seven criteria now, the, the first one is the extent to which the intern and the employer clear, clearly understand that there is no expectation of compensation. You have to put it out there right from the beginning. Hey, this is an unpaid internship. Any promise of compensation expressed or implied suggests that the intern is an employee and vice versa. So the employer needs to make sure that we're saying this is an unpaid internship. And unpaid can be you know, a whole lot of things, but uh, usually pe people think of it as an hourly wage. Mm -hmm. uh, stipends still count as some type of payment, and that can be. It's a legitimate way of being able to pay a student. You could give them a monthly stipend. Maybe it's $100. It could be gas money, right, sure. a gas card. Sure. Or it could be something that is um, some people pay commission or referral fees, and that's one of the things that I do, not commission, but a referral fee. So if I've had students that have said, hey, I'm working over here at Pivot, and you know she writes business plans, or she'll, she'll uh, help you set up your training program. Well, because they did that, they got paid a commission, a referral fee, because I ended up getting a client. And they don't have to do any of the work. Mm -hmm. So that also counts. So there's ways that compensation can be given to the student if the student is willing to you know extend themselves usually they're kind of shy and not feeling real confident and they don't they don't want to feel like oh they're pushing sales so 
it's one of those things too. Um, do you know how many companies often do those referral systems? Oh gosh, uh, lots of small businesses okay. do. So I don't have a number, no. Mm -hmm. But most of most businesses, they pay their even their own clients. They'll say, hey, if I get a new client because of you, they will pay them some type of a referral fee. Mm. I've received that okay. from other businesses. Yeah, just because I said, oh, here's somebody I can recommend, and then they sign up as a client. Mm. So it's nice. Um, okay, the second one. The extent to which the internship provides training that would be similar to that which would be given in an educational environment, including the clinical and other hands-on training provided by educational institutions. So that, that's kind of tricky there because most employers do not set up a work environment that's similar to an educational site. So that's where my skill set does come in and provides a lot of value for an employer because I create it around what the school is asking of mm -hmm. the student and then from you know an academic point of view and then what the employer the employer needs are and I tie that in with the goals of the student. And how, um, how do you find out what the schools are asking of the student usually? Um, well it's easy enough to go onto a school's website and look up what are the, the core competencies that a school offers in that particular degree. Mm -hmm. It varies between the actual course and the instructor. So it takes some time to navigate those. And that's, again, not something that most employers know how to do or want to do. Now, I've been teaching for a while. I've been in education for 22 years, and that's in the public classroom. Mm -hmm. I used to teach middle and high school, but now I have switched over. I taught for mm, 12 years in higher ed, and I've taught a lot of different subject areas at a lot of different types of schools. So it could be two-year programs at a school that focuses on healthcare, maybe like radiology, um, degrees in um, health, healthcare administration, um, nursing. And all of those students there, um, it, it's not that I'm teaching them in those subject areas. I was there teaching them from business communications, and that's, you know, different. But, you know, being able to help them communicate effectively uh, between their patients and their employer, that's one of the skills there. So it's through this process of working with multiple disciplines, different types of uh, industries and sectors in the business world that my, I guess I would say my background is is not the average person for <laughs> sure, you know? Kind of broad to some degree. Yes and no, it's actually very, very niche, I think, mm. because it's education, it's HR, and then it's the, the needs of a small business owner, small to medium size, and that's extremely focused right there. Um, do you think that's how you're able to create your intern pursuit software? Like in terms oh, of yeah. just because you know all those different dynamics or the different academics or how mm -hmm. to put all those together? Yes. Today I was in a meeting over at Valencia College in the district office, and I was meeting with, um, I'm not going to say the name of the organization, but a well-known organization uh, that was doing some um, a site visit with Valencia. And it was about how good that Valencia, how yeah, I guess how, how good of a program they have, an internship program. Valencia College has won an award from this place, and it's in the space of innovation and leadership. So when I was there, 
I was really um, able to share some of the insights that I've gathered, and they said that they felt that was really, that it was valid. And they look at how can higher ed institutions be able to bring more value to the students and improve that intern experience, mm -hmm. um, information that's taught in the classroom. So let me see. We're going to go on to three. Oh, that hands-on training. That was number two. So that's, again, that's really critical. So the number three, <clears throat> the extent to which the internship is tied to the intern's formal education program by integrated coursework or the receipt of academic credit. So most internships, mo I think employers don't realize this, uh, when a student is doing a four-credit internship, they're paying the school money to count it as an elective and be able to get an internship, then they should have a good experience because they're paying money for that. Hmm. And I never even looked at it like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now it has a different perspective yeah. for you, right? But if uh, again, I look at it as if the school is is making money, mm -hmm. then of course they have an obligation and a responsibility to help find employers that give really quality internships for students. That's one of their protective mechanisms that's in place. That's why it's, uh, they go through a vetting process to make sure they do get good employers. Well, the employer has that same responsibility. Now, the student is paying money to be in their place of employment, and then you know we're saying that we're not going to pay them. The, the thing that we as employers can give them is experience that's going to be really solid on their resume, and they can say, oh, yeah, I know how to do these things. And when, for example, we're going to use you as the mm -hmm. as my example here tonight. So you're here, and you're obviously we don't have our mentor here tonight, sure. um, but we know that he's available to you. Um, and so now you get to show me what you've learned because you're going to be teaching me how to do something. So Andy had to do that with you. He had to teach you. You had Q that was also teaching mm -hmm. you. So you've had people that were giving you the training that you needed. You've made some mistakes too, right? Sure, sure. And we we all learn through those, but now it's your turn to be able to show me what you've actually learned. Now that would be a great teaching or example to say when you're interviewing that, well, you know, the owner of the business didn't know how to do this, and so after I had been trained, I was actually the able one to that train them. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. And so that would show a lot of really great communication. Um, on your part, it would sh be able to show that you have this team approach, mm -hmm. that you can also think uh, critically because you've had to solve some problems. Oh, I have, I have. Yeah. <laughs> so those are all good, good examples of how you can, you know, be able to share that information with mm -hmm. someone. But the it has to be an integrated coursework or the receipt of academic credit. So I've had students that come and they're not doing it for any academic credit. So that integrated coursework, that's really where it comes in. It's like, how am I integrating what they're supposed to have from the school's point of view into this work experience? Again, this isn't something that most, most people know how to do. It and seems I, like I, it's common sense. If anything, I feel like it's not that they just don't know how to do it. They just probably just don't think about it in the first place. No, they don't. But they have to do it. Yeah. Or they should anyway. Yeah. And it's uh, what I usually say. I was at um, a conference last week, a conference on Saturday, and even still today at the meeting that I was at, it's the same thing. I sit here and I go, Did every intern was us <laughs> with 20 years of experience before somebody gave us experience, right? Yeah. I mean, Andy with however many 
goodness knows years of experience <laughs> he has, what, 20-something years in podcasting and, and radio. I just sit here and go, okay, well, he didn't come in knowing all right, We all started stuff. somewhere. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, number three, we need to make sure that there is some real educational value and you know, something there for the student. The number four, the extent to which the internship accommodates the intern's academic commitments by corresponding to the academic calendar. So, Jaron, mm -hmm. what kind of activities are you in that are extracurricular to school? Because that's really what this is a asking me for. You have academic commitments inside of this school year that you're in, this term, and you're in a fraternity. Yep. And it's not a social one. No, it's a professional fraternity, so they're always asking like anytime the prof uh, there's a professional event, I have to pretty much be there. Yeah. Or even like when the um, prospective members um, throw a, uh, an event, I have to be there. So like I'm always trying to busy. And then I have uh, uh, another internship I have to do at the PBS mm -hmm. station. And then I'm part of another um, event where I, I announce uh, um, guests, like, kind of like a Saturday Night Live thing. So I'm kind of always busy as well. Yeah. So I'm happy and that you're, you're always in school, of course, <laughs> and you work a job and I have a job as well. Yeah. So and you're very accommodating, say. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you. Thank just you. Just thinking that. about all those things I just told you made me stressed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, anyway, the point of number four is it's really looking at employers have to be flexible because what we're asking them to do has to be able to work around what their schedule is again in school. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't always work that way. Some employers will say, here, I need you to be uh, here between 8 to 5, right, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, then that means you're going in to adjust your, either your work schedule, you're trying to adjust something that's personal in your life yeah. to accommodate this employer's needs. So when an employer can offer uh, remote opportunities, that's huge for a student because flexibility is key oh yeah that like especially like like i personally don't even have a car so mm -hmm. like i remember when you first even like called me about the internship i was very hesitant to take it just because even just going to downtown orlando i knew that was before um ucf had the links buses that You're were right. free before i could show my id and everything yeah so i was thinking like how much will this uber cost me if i have to go to this yeah internship? how are you going to navigate like how often will she want me at the office possibly yeah you don't even have me go to the office i come to valencia and i do everything at least like it's like a 10 minute drive from my apartment so mm -hmm. i'm like you made everything work for me and i for that i'm very grateful <laughs> yeah i know and you know we we make sure that you've got a ride home so you're mm -hmm. not even going home on the bus so yeah it, it's got to be something that benefits both parties in this instance but definitely on the student side so number five the extent to which the internship's duration is limited to the period in which the internship provides the intern with beneficial learning so basically it's supposed to be one school term, mm -hmm. basically. And sometimes, I, you know, I've had students that have worked with me for extended uh, periods of time, but I've made sure that each quarter, each semester was different from the previous. So I was building skills on top of others. And I've only had one that is, well, two, no one. One person that has actually stayed with me uh, was for like five quarters, mm. but she stayed with me for two. I, sometimes it's invitation only for a second term, and when she did stay the second term, I started paying her a stipend. She had a monthly stipend to help manage the social media. She was helping me with uh, more project management of the other students that were doing some things inside of my company, like working on different channels. Uh, she knew how I liked my social media, so I gave her permission to be empowered 
for um, not a large part, but she's going to be a guest next week. Okay, Brittany. great, great. <laughs> or, yeah. You'll yeah. see her soon, guys. That was a tease. That was yeah, a tease. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So when she comes up, yeah. Um, so she was the one that stayed with me the longest, but I've had others that after two semesters, two quarters, whatever the school term is, um, good, great, and extraordinary. The extraordinary ones, the really great ones, are the ones that I go, hmm, I, I want to hire them as a contractor because I'm not big enough to be able to hire employees, but mm -hmm. I do hire them as contractors, and so then they're getting paid out of, out of the project, the work that I'm doing with clients. So I have some graphic designers. On my way here tonight, I was working with one of the graphic designers. Uh, we're finishing up a, a website for a client. And um, I said, okay, you know, you take care of these things, and I'll take care of these, and we should be able to get this uh, website published and live this week. And she started with me, Yoshi, who okay, was on Yoshi. our show. Yeah, You've seen her before, everyone? Yes. <laughs> And um, she's one of my contractors that I, I hired to do websites, graphic work, branding. She's awesome. She has a wonderful work ethic. And I'm, just because I can't remember, how long did you work with her again? Goodness, that was like four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And was that for a semester or a year? Or? Um, she worked with me for one semester. I knew mm -hmm. that she was really special, that she would stand out. Um, and I would continue to give her some work on the side when I had people come in. She's not the only one. I do have others that I've worked with that I have. If she's not available, uh, you know, I can go to the next one. And I try to make sure that I'm hiring the ones that are extraordinary. And some of them can't always do something. They've got jobs. They don't want to do work on the side or they're in school still mm -hmm. and they don't want to do work on the side yet. They're not ready. But nonetheless, they are people that I end up hiring. And at. also, have you ever um, hired an intern full-time? Oh, I wish I could. Okay. Not yet. I know you're still... I, know I anticipate it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. And if so, um, would you prefer for them to have worked with you, like, say, like, intern for, like, a year before you actually hired them oh, full-time? No. Or no. would you feel comfortable, like, doing it after semester if you actually felt they were... I up? actually, yeah. I That's a really good question. Because I've worked with so many um, great people, mm -hmm. and they would... We would sync up. You know, we were on the same wavelength. In many ways, I already knew, man, I would hire this person, this person, this one. You know, I would see them because I knew that I, I could actually have them run my company if I was gone for a month. And it would it would either be in the same or better condition mm. because we worked so closely together. And they would know what they would be able to anticipate what I wanted. So, yeah, without a doubt, I have people that I would handpick and say, yeah, come work with me. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully, I become one of those people soon. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you think we could have a full time radio show? That's kind of. I mean, tough. it's possible. Uh, you just have to have someone who's constantly on it, essentially. Yeah. yeah. So that kind of that that's interesting. You know, we have this thirteen city rollout. Mm. We've got to get those connected to those radio stations in those other thirteen cities. Yeah. Essentially, that's what you would need for those connections to happen. You would need like yeah. a full time person. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. So that they could actually, it's not just being on the air. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're, we're negotiating this, right? <laughs> so this is where we are. Um, because you and I have talked about this and, and beginning to actually, um, tag those company, those radio stations, let's say, um, Harvard, mm -hmm. you know, that's one that I would like to connect with their radio station there. And one Stanford, if there's 
maybe Stanford. I don't know if they have a radio station. But I always pick the, the top-tier schools. And it could be some two-year schools. Mm -hmm. The schools that have radio stations, we want to be able to connect with them, say, hey, we want to have a collaborative relationship. I'd like to do those calls with you so you can hear what it is I want to have said and have you participate in that. And then we can see if we can cross-promote and uh, you know, get them to listen to us and us to be able to encourage our yeah, we listeners. Kind of, we have to kind of find that quid pro quo kind of thing. Like yeah, something that's in, yeah. So, um, value prop on them. both sides. Value prop mm -hmm. on both sides, yeah. So, um, yeah, that's the next step. And we've got to get our more sponsors to come in. Because yeah. yeah. I'm like, we love Star Studio and BMD and marketing, but we do want more. <laughs> we do, we do. So, yeah, we've, we've got to work on those things. Um, so, let's see, six. The extent to which the intern's work complements rather than displaces the work of paid employees while providing significant educational benefits to the intern. The common theme in all of these is it has to have educational benefits. Mm -hmm. And the, the same thing is in place over here when we're looking at it has to complement. So again, if, if I didn't have you and if I didn't have Andy, I need to know how to run my own show, right? Right. Yeah. So tonight you're... Your job is to be able to teach me. How, I wonder if somebody comes in after us. But tonight, it's Andy. It's oh, it's Andy tonight. Right. Okay, yeah. Well, maybe we have a little window of time. So um, to be able to show me what it is I need to do for for this show, and to be able to get it because right now I would need Andy to be able to do this, or I would need you, and that's displacing a bit of a, a worker. So there's a little bit of being out of compliance in this area. Mm -hmm. However, I would just go, okay, this isn't, you know, necessarily a end all. If I didn't have somebody here, you know, it's not, I'm not in that place yet. But it's always better to actually understand it for yourself as well. Oh of yeah, of course, of course. Because yeah. you don't always have to lean on someone else's shoulders. Yeah. I hate job. being held hostage by what I don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's actually what I, how I see that is, I'm being held hostage by the fact that I can't do something. And this doesn't look like it's that difficult, but I know that it is because I've watched what it is that you're doing it and you're adjusting this and this and fixing this and this. And then, oh my goodness, you're going to go load the show onto the. Yeah, it's, I'd say like when it comes to just doing this in general, you always remember the big things, but it's always hard to remember the little things. Yeah. So it's like even just like audio levels, just like. You never know, like, how will this sound to other people mm -hmm. when they listen to it, so you always have to look out for everything, essentially. Yeah. So you created a guide, and that was one of the things that I asked you to do is mm -hmm. create instructions. So tonight, we're going to go through those instructions after we finish with the show, and we'll see how accurate it was. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's accurate. I, I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm pretty sure it is. But I bet <laughs> there's still going to be still one thing that may oh, yeah, not have... You always forget the little things. Well, you may not have even have forgotten it. It may be that I do something that wasn't even documented like mm -hmm. what if I do this and I turn something and I wouldn't know necessarily I I accidentally turned something on the board right so because there's a lot of little things that wasn't press. in the instructions <laughs> right? right so I'm sitting here going I don't know you know and I'm then if you do it. make the mistake how do you undo it well and so how do like, I know where exactly. the mistake <laughs> is because like there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of stuff going on on this board over right, here right <laughs> yeah and so those weren't in the instructions no, but no they're not yeah so see the it's you've got the information that I definitely need to know, but mm -hmm. it's like the instructions for what I still don't know <laughs> aren't in there. Yeah, like. I guess the general instruction I could give you right now is if you were to make a mistake, always reset everything to zero. Ah, everything, push it all down. Essentially, 
Yeah, then it, you at least know you're, you're resetting, and then you can follow the but, steps I gave but you. But what go if from I there. turned one of these things? Oh, go to just to zero. It literally has zero on it. <laughs> so okay. it's like it's an accurate. <laughs> so just make sure they're all on zero. Essentially. Okay. We'll see. Good tip. Yeah. So for anybody that David Hunter who wants to have uh, play with the world of radio, if he was here, he would appreciate that tip right now. Um, David's not here, but I'm sure he's listening. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. So there's a meetup. I know this is on kind of off topic, but I got a notification that there, there is a meetup on how to start your own radio show. And I went, oh, and it's tonight. And oh, it's at 6.30. And I went, <laughs> oh, I would have gone, but you know, can't make it tonight. That's because you're already starting your own radio show, and I think we're doing we pretty well. We already did start it. <laughs> we aren't starting. We did start it. And, and we're we doing are pretty doing well. well. You're right. <clears throat> okay, so number seven. The, this is the last one. The extent to which the intern and employer understand that the internship is conducted without entitlement to a paid job at the conclusion of the internship. So we don't promise any payment, and we are not also promising that there's any job. The reason being is, what if the employer really didn't want to work with that person anymore? Or what if the student doesn't really mm. want to work? And then you have to, you're in this awkward place. You've got to say, no, I don't want to work here. And how can you go and ask maybe for a letter of recommendation? You know, so if we don't promise anything, we're all in a good place. But, you know, when the internship is over, if you really want to work with that person, the employer can make that offer. Okay, something's clicking inside of my headset here. <laughs> okay. Okay, I don't know what it is. It's weird. Anyway, so those are the seven criteria. And obviously the focus should be that this is supposed to be educational, highly experiential, and that's how we're able to stay in compliance. And again, that's not something that most employers think about. And amazingly, hey, there's Andy and his other co-host. They have their own show afterward. Amazingly, it is something that um, even I'm working with a law firm as a client, mm -hmm. and they don't do employment law. And so they've mm -hmm. said, hey, we want to make sure that we're in compliance. So what do we need oh yeah, to do? It's, it's funny when the, even the laws, like the law firm doesn't actually know all of the laws. No, because that's not what they <laughs> yeah. specialize in. That's True. not their subject area of law. They focus on real estate, business contracts, things like that, but not on employment law. Mm -hmm. So working with interns is a very special subset of employment law, and that's the most important thing that I think people should remember is we, can, we know how to work with contractors. Uh, we know how to work with regular employees. We know how to work with individuals that are minorities and special needs and vets and all of those things. But interns themselves, that's a very unique subset, and that's why we have these criteria for being able to have uh, an experiential, highly experiential compliant program. Mm. So fun, fun fact here, people. Um, I did a presentation to the MBA Orlando Chamber this past week, uh, we had like 22 people come in, and I talked to them about creating a, an experiential compliant intern program. And by the time it was over, four people came up and said, hey, how do I do business with you? I want you to come and do this for me. And I went, this is awesome. This is great. So I've got two appointments this week, and I'm going to be working, hopefully, with them. And then two more for the following week. I talked with Valencia. Okay. about doing workshops for their employers because it's actually recruiting season. Mm -hmm. um, they said yes, and then I have scheduled for March 22nd 
a workshop on how to create an experiential compliant interim program. So people can look for it on Eventbrite at, with exactly that title. Uh, follow us on social feed and they'll be able to find the information there. And it will also be on the Pivot website where it'll be a link so that they'll be able to connect and uh, get more information. So it's going to be a very small group, 12 people, and I already had two people say that they're going to sign up. So be the next 10. Yes, be the next 10. Last night, uh, one person said yes to me, and they're signing up. And then today, another another person said yes. So okay. I'm excited. You should make that part of your marketing. Be the next 10. Be the next 10. And then that be the could next be. 9. But be the next 10 sounds better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I agree, I agree. So how are we doing on time? Do we still Let's have... Let's see. Oh, my goodness. Okay, we, we might have to talk about some other things here. Yeah. But first, we have to get in our second sponsor. Okay. BMDM Marketing Agency. BMDM is a direct marketing agency focused on helping companies reach individuals through online and offline means. Their newest product enables them to send postcards or letters to the homes of anonymous website visitors within 24 hours of their visit using a patented IP matching technology and our in-house on-demand printing. Thank you, BMDM Marketing Agency, for sponsoring the Intern Whisperer. Okay, so um, fun fact. Lake Highland Preparatory High School came in, um, this is all relatively two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and the this is high school students, 10th, 11th, and 12th grade, that are in entrepreneur classes, and the... Um, Teacher had seen something about intern pursuit in social feeds specifically. It was LinkedIn. Her name is Lauren Dean, and she teaches entrepreneurship over there. Uh, she asked if the students could come and do a case study on intern pursuit. So they came in a week ago. Luke Horger, who's been a, a guest on our show, and Jeff Basista, who's another intern with me, they helped facilitate uh, this presentation. And... So I, I talked to the students about, you know, what it's been like to be an, an entrepreneur, shared with them what Interim Pursuit is. They're going to be creating content to help roll Interim Pursuit out in the Central Florida area. So th this is week two. Mm. And at the end of week three, all of their work comes in to me, and we're going to go ahead and hopefully it's going to be really solid. So it's a three-week process? It is a three-week case study. One, we divided the three classes, in, obviously, into their three separate parts. One of the class is focusing on uh, employer pull. The other class is focusing on student pull. Mm -hmm. And then the third one is focusing on academic partner pull. And what I mean by pull is that they're creating content that will pull them into the website so that they would sign up for Interim Pursuit. So I'm really excited about that. We are going to have them as guests, just so you know. Each one of the classes will come in here. They'll be guests. I don't know if we can fit them all in here, honestly. I, I, I We can't. We but can if we try. I don't know. There's like 13 people. <laughs> Safety codes, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little bit tricky. But um, each week we'll have a different class come in and share what, what I learned as a part of that experience. And, and what grade levels were they again? 10, 11, and 12. Okay. Yep. So that was really exciting. They took a tour of Starter Studio. They got to hear a couple of other entrepreneurial studies, uh, stories, and we took some video of them. Um, Quillis, who's the video production student, is uh, creating a really great video 
that showcases what happened. It's like a minute long. Uh, the school's going to play that video. So that's exciting okay, that's for great. him, too. <laughs> They're going to take that video and play it in their presentation at the school. Um, and it's showing all of the students really engaged in the activities of creating inbound social content. So that was that was fun. Yeah. Too bad you weren't able there to be there, but believe me, you're gonna have the opportunity and they were a very lively group. Oh yeah, I can't wait to interview them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about your internships. We, I feel like as an intern I always find it um I just love how we're able to actually put our work out there. Because mm -hmm. like people can actually see me doing radio live. Mm -hmm. People can see Quillis's work on the internet. So mm -hmm. I just always love that you uh, give those uh, give those give us those opportunities. Yep, thank you. Yeah, and Quillis's name, he's real excited. His name is on the the closing credit card as the video production intern. So he he's done some really good work. Oh, he'll definitely put that on his resume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll put it on his reel for sure. And then I know we're getting really close. Oh my gosh, I think we only have like four more minutes left. Yeah. So I don't, I like, I don't want to cut into Andy's time either. Yeah, we <laughs> don't. Um, so I was at UCF and I uh, spoke at the exchange. Now, what is the exchange? Why don't you tell them what it is? Um, the exchange is essentially something that like um, business students, like when I used to be a business major, um, they had employers come in essentially to talk to the students and kind of give them ideas of what opportunities were like after college, I'd say, or just give them ideas of how to be successful now. So sometimes we had people um, give us like uh, pitches, like learn how to pitch, because a lot of students, they know how to do certain things, but they don't actually know how to sell themselves. Mm -hmm. So that's something when we always had people come in. Um, we always had professors sometimes come in just so they could understand what kind of their degree actually offered. Mm -hmm. And then for you, you came in and did what again? So I talked about servant leadership and its impact on communication and culture. And that was, apparently I did really well. And I'm really happy that I can tell you this because the director and the assistant director, um, the assistant director said, I see every form that comes through that everybody fills out. And there was pretty close to 200 people there in the room. Yeah, I didn't know people room. could fit in that room. That yeah, <laughs> they were all sitting down. And there were actually was a student that was one of my interns, and she was in the front row. And it was so nice to see a friendly face there. She was at Valencia. She transferred to UCF. Anyway, and then there was like standing room only, and there were sardines in the back. <laughs> so the assistant director, Audrey, she had said she sees every single form that the students fill out front and back. And she said the ones that were from my my presentation, they were completely full and they were really good. She said that my presentation was uh, something that was, they invited me to come back again. So you, that's how I know if I did good because I get invited to come back. But I also have had students reaching out to me uh, right after and then still even these past, uh, it's been two weeks now, where they have said, hey, I want to come and get more information about interning with you. So I was very honored about that. I'm still returning phone calls <laughs> okay, and you know, all great. of that. Um, but that was, that was super fun. So I think we need to give some shout-outs now. Yes, we do. Yeah. So I want to give a special shout-out to Valencia College, the East Campus here, and to Q for being uh, such a phenomenal program. Wait, what's his exact title? Station uh, director. Station director. I always try to make him uh, something that apparently he's, that's not his title. So for being the station manager, I think he's phenomenal. And then I want to give a special shout-out for you tonight. Thank you for being here. For Andy, who's outside, and he's going to be coming in. 
And also for our guests that are coming up, Brittany and Eric, Eric Garcia and Brittany Stanley. They're going to be coming up. Um, there's going to be some other interesting guests aside from Lake Highland mm -hmm. that are coming in. Uh, but I'm very appreciative of the people that work with me now, and I don't have enough time to give them thanks, but that's my game team, my software team, that's uh, my social media team. Thank you for all of those, in the, and, and I've mentioned some, Aquilas and Jeff and Luke, and goodness, I'll just say it, Katrina and Aaron and Tyler and Neville and Alex and John. Oh, my gosh, that, that's part of the game team, and then software team it's lucas and juan and hubert and also gonzalo and then joe nastasi some of those people are from most of them actually are valencia students that are on the software <laughs> team anyway um, thanks so much to all of those great people so i think i'm done with my shout outs and of course, my usual shout out to my Aunt Darlene. Also to my grandma because yeah. today's her birthday. So Yay. shout out to my grandma. Happy birthday, grandma. <laughs> yeah. And so social pages, find us on Twitter, Facebook, actually uh, YouTube, Google Plus. You can find us on LinkedIn, all of those social channels. You can listen to us live. You can watch us live on Facebook. And I think we're at the end. And we're almost at the end. That means we get to play our theme. Yay. But first... There goes Q. Hi, Q. Hey, Q. <laughs> but first, this has been Jerron. This is Isabella. And thank you for listening to the Intern Whisperer.